It's August 11th, 1973. You just arrived at a back-to-school party in the Bronx, and you hear something like this. This is DJ Cool Hurt. This is going out to my man over in Japan. You talk to 50 years later, the party you're at is recognized as the birth of hip-hop, and the extended instrumental you're hearing will provide the blueprint for a culture-defining art and a multi-billion dollar industry. From this point, hip-hop would grow from an offshoot of disco to its ubiquitous place in our culture today. But today, I'm not going to tell you the whole story of hip-hop. I know my limits as a journalist, and I know that I cannot condense 50 years of culture into a single segment. It's also not the complete story of Milwaukee hip-hop, for the same reason. But it is a sample of how Milwaukee has grown up with hip-hop, made it its own, and taken it worldwide, on stages, in literature, and even aquaponics. Yes, you heard that right. Hip-hop and aquaponics. We'll get back to that connection in a bit. We start our story in the late 1970s, when Twan Mack, who now is an active rapper making adult contemporary hip-hop, was growing up as a kid in Milwaukee, and was watching as hip-hop in its infancy was starting to take hold, and was latching on to Milwaukee's local breakdancing and skate cultures as it got started. When I came back to Milwaukee, Milwaukee was like a had a, like a drill team scene. It wasn't a, it wasn't it was still um, finding its way in terms of hip hop, and so and then it, there was also a big gang culture in Milwaukee around 1981, 1982. So I lived in a neighborhood uh, right off of Capitol, 24th and Capitol, uh, which is 53206, which is the most incarcerated zip code for black men per capita in the United States has been for the longest time. So at that time, it was still a familial atmosphere from a musical standpoint. Um, you had rappers, you had rap groups popping up here and there, but Doc B and I, we were like the first um, individuals to do hip-hop at a talent show in Milwaukee at Vincent High School, to be exact, and to win. You know what I mean? So I was like 11 years old winning a talent show. Doc was probably like a junior in high school. So Milwaukee's hip-hop um, culture, it was starting to grow. Um, the Jerry Curl was big back then, you know what I'm saying? Um, so. Um, along with places like the, the, the Skate Palace and Johnson Skate University, there was a big uh, skate culture in Milwaukee. And so hip-hop kind of started to find its way along those lines in terms of developing itself and artists starting to pop out here. And it seems like that's a, I guess a, a similar story to other cities in the early days of hip-hop. Is like hip-hop found aspects of the local culture to mm-hmm. kind of grasp on to mm-hmm. at the beginning and then grew grew from there. That's spot on. That's spot on, bro. I mean, that's exactly what happened. There was already, like I said, a drill team culture um, and and hip hop once like Planet Rock came out because Rappers Delight did really well. But once like records like Planet Rock came out here um, from the Soul Sonic Force, that's when it, like you kind of knew like this is a culture to be reckoned with. It's not going anywhere. And and then I say like around 1983, when Run DMC popped out here, that's when it kind of like the, the stamp was on. Like it, it was permanently stamped. Like we knew hip hop was, 1983 hip hop was like 10 years old. And we knew that it wasn't going anywhere based on how Run DMC came out with their with their style from their, from their dress code to the lyrics that they were talking about. Cause now they were talking about socially conscious records like it's like that then you had grandmaster flash with the message so you kind of knew like hip-hop could go a a lot of different ways it wasn't just a party atmosphere anymore they were talking about social political issues and so you know as a 12 13 year old i knew that this culture was going to be here for quite a long time early on in the 80s and the 90s and to an extent even today it was difficult for rappers in milwaukee to get noticed elsewhere the city just didn't get the attention from record execs that places on the east and the west coast did But this is Milwaukee, 
And in Milwaukee, we fight, we scrap, we claw our way to our dreams, and we find a way to make them come true. Strickland is one-third of the hip-hop group EMC that formed in the late 90s. More on how he made that happen in a bit. But first, I wanted to ask Strick about his early influences in Milwaukee that helped build him up to eventually take his craft worldwide. It was a little bit um, to our disadvantage because we didn't have a lot of record execs. It was hard to kind of get signed, so I kind of had to go to New York to get that first look. But I still appreciate um, growing up in Milwaukee and being influenced by the, the music here. I was heavily influenced by a rap group out of the city named Attack, which featured speech from Arrested Development and a friend, a really, really good friend of mine who turned out to be my college roommate. His name was Todd Whitaker, AKA T.A. The Wiz. Uh, rest in peace to him. He was tragically murdered with his father at their home and he was taken off the earth too early, but he was uh, probably one of the first rappers that I looked up to in the city, as well as speech. And uh, so that's, what's, that's what really influenced uh, my skill level and my art back then, just trying to be on that level as this rap group that was out. They, they put vinyl out back then. I remember that was the first time I seen somebody uh, get some vinyl pressed up. Um, and then later on, it was Baby Drew and Cuckoo Cow, uh, Mr. Do It To Death. All these guys influenced me heavy. And being in a group with Words and Ace, those guys are from the East Coast. Me being from the Midwest, I think it kind of it kind of helped me in a way because my the way I talk the way my kind of like my twang on the lyrics kind of set me apart from them because it was hard keeping up with them lyrically so I needed I needed a little something to to be on my side so I think when my voice came in with the with the Midwest slang and twang I think that kind of set me apart and that helped me kind of keep up with these guys but um yeah, I just think Milwaukee as a whole, it was speech from Arrested Development, my guy T.A. The Wiz, Drew, Cuckoo, and just being from the Midwest. And we, we pulled a little bit of, of art from every coast, like, because we're kind of in the middle, so West Coast rappers were big here, East Coast rappers, down South rappers, so we kind of like the breadbasket, soaking up all of that stuff. And then the Chicago rappers, of course, Twister and Common, and, then we got Detroit with M and Royce and all of that. So, and then also I'll throw in there my mom and playing her records as I was growing up. Berta Flack, Aretha Franklin, uh, Sam Cooke, Bill Withers, all of that stuff influenced me music-wise. Um, rap wasn't really out back then, but my mom would, t I remember she would take me to this little record store on 14th and Burleigh and buy me 45s or 12, they were 12 inches actually. Um, Rapper's Delight she bought me. So. I had a good life here in Milwaukee, um, although, you know, record-wise, record exec-wise, we didn't have the attention, but uh, I was definitely influenced by, by being from Milwaukee. The other current members of EMC, the group Strickland is in, are Wordsworth and Masta Ace. And Wordsworth was actually in Milwaukee for the 50th anniversary of hip-hop to teach a workshop on storytelling and then perform a set at True School Summer Park Jam. Originally from Brooklyn and now a middle school teacher in Florida, He's one of the rap OGs. And when I tell you that this man is dedicated to the craft, throughout his time in college, he wrote all his essays in rhymes. Now I know for me, I could barely get a coherent paper together by the deadline, and here he is writing whole albums as term papers. And Words is one of those guys who has seen it all. 
He's been there in the 1980s, when his older sister was introducing him to his early influences like Run DMC. He was there in the 1990s, when he was featuring on albums by groups like A Tribe Called Quest and Blackstar. He's been there in the early 2000s, when he was hosting a hip-hop sketch series on MTV called The Lyricist Lounge Show. And he's there today, when he's teaching young people how to express themselves through hip-hop or other forms of art. And as someone who has seen rap grow and change through the decades, I wanted to know from his point of view how the cultural acceptance of hip-hop has changed over the years. People are actually not afraid to actually ask about hip-hop. Before it would be like Nipsey Hussle, they're gonna probably assume he's into some street stuff or gang stuff or whatever. But seeing that it's been celebrated on such a national level, Good Morning America, I think every week or every day has a new hip hop celebration thing. Um, you know, whatever, wherever you're at, your morning shows, your late night talk shows have celebrations. Uh, every award ceremony, what the Grammys this year did a whole thing about hip hop, right? So the fact that we're we're grasping the idea of hip-hop, but also celebrating it nationally. It's getting, it's making people less, it's making people less, um, less afraid, let's say, for the lack of better words. So now everybody's like kind of flooded with it. They can't escape yeah. it. They turn their radio on. They're like, it's even on this station. They turn on Good Day America. It's on Good Day America. What? It's on, the, <laughs> it's on The View. It's on this. It's on that. It's a chef show. It's, it's so, they're like, Either I'm going to get with it or it's going to pass me. So now they're like, you know what, let me, let me start to ask questions about this hip-hop yeah. thing. What, hey, Nipsey Hussle, who is that? What album shall I listen to? Now they're like, you know, trying to bridge the gap a little bit themselves. And Words brings up a hugely important point beyond just the art of hip-hop. It's everywhere now. You can't escape it. But this is America, and when something is that big, you can be sure there are people out there who see an opportunity to make a lot of money. It's difficult to quantify, but just the music part of the hip-hop industry is certainly worth billions. And that's before you factor in all the clothing, TV, books, commercials featuring, you know, Snoop Dogg, Drake, Missy Elliott, and all the other monetizable aspects of hip-hop culture. And Arabian Prince is a rapper who knows this well. As a member of the original lineup of NWA, Arabian Prince has walked that journey from just making music with his friends to being at the center of a multi-billion dollar industry. So I asked him what he's learned from this journey about how to capture the monetary value of your art. So here's a crazy twist. Corporate America for years has been using hip hop and sports, corporate America, you know, whatever, television, radio, um, clothing. And just now, in the last couple of years, they are actually showing it in a forward-facing way. Because before, they would use the styles, use the music, use the culture, but not really want to embrace it too much, right? But now you see Snoop Dogg like doing Skechers commercials. I never yeah. thought I would see Snoop yeah. Dogg doing a Skechers commercial. You got Ice-T doing like car insurance commercials. So it's become like, these dudes are gangster rappers, mm -hmm. right? And now they are the faces of Fortune 500 companies. So we're getting it. I think the fact that Rappers have become business people, finally, and understood their worth, you know, and the company's always understood it, but I think now the rappers understand their worth and trying to get a piece of the pie as well, whether it's, you know, pay me more, or no, nah, I'll just take a percentage, you know, because that's a smart way to go. You know what I mean? We're 50 years in, still infancy when it comes to music, 
but when it comes to value, when it comes to um, getting out there and promoting and marketing, there's nothing bigger than hip hop. So I, I think that it's the time for everyone to wake up and start sending the money our way. <laughs> Arabian Prince is from LA, and he made that known when I nervously asked him for an interview in my Raggedy Bucks Championship t-shirt from a couple years ago, and he jokingly refused my request on account of him bleeding purple and gold. In other words, he's a big Lakers fan. But it turns out he also has a connection to Milwaukee. He's involved in mentoring young artists here through True School, a youth arts education organization that engages and empowers Milwaukee's youth through hip-hop culture. When I teased earlier about the connection between hip-hop and aquaponics, True School is at the center of that. Here's Arabian Prince on how he got involved in True School. Yeah, so I was here in Milwaukee for something called Fall X. It was a big technology convention here at the convention center and I was brought in by the radio station and some people that brought me down and they introduced me to True School and I was like blown away and I'm, I'm all about diversity culture giving back to the you know community and especially the next generation of youth coming up in hip-hop they introduced me we fell in love with each other and I became one of the board members so any chance I get to do something for True School I am there for them True School is one of the most amazing, amazing, amazing things on planet Earth, and I'm always going to be a part. Oh, hi. <laughs> hey, Shalina, you have anything to say about that? You know, I just, I felt like I was being summoned, so I popped up. That was Shalina Ali. She's the co-executive director of True School with Fidel Verdun, and just an absolute gem of a person. It's people like her and Fidel that keep Milwaukee hip-hop culture, and Milwaukee culture generally, alive through the generations. You'll hear more about True School in a bit. But first, don't think I forgot about the South Side. Quinto Sol is a hip-hop group based on the South Side that has been active for over 20 years. Their members Scribe, El Chivo, and DJ Payback Garcia draw influences from Milwaukee, as well as Mexico and Chicago, where they also have roots. I caught up quickly with Scribe after a show and asked him about his influences and how Quinto Sol reflects Milwaukee culture worldwide. I call it like our, our third home. First is, is where I was born, Mexico, right? Yeah. Then I moved to Chicago, Chicago's my home too. And Milwaukee is my home home, yeah, right? Because right. my seats are here now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty much we rap all the cities. Midwest, there's a lot to do with hip hop. Because you know, the East and the West, it's a mix of the Midwest, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we're doing. We bring in the Midwest all over the world. Because yeah. the experiences that we got here in Milwaukee, we share it with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I feel like Quinto Soul brought to, to hip hop, the experience of the Midwest to the whole world. Sure. Through the eyes of the, an immigrant. Basically, when I see people that are that I see growing up, and then they come to see our shows. Yeah. It's all love, you know? Yeah, like you're, you're speaking from the heart, and the heart was built. The heart was built here. Right, here. right. Yeah, all right. That's what it is. From the foundation that groups like Quinto Soul, Strickland, Tuan Mac, and other Milwaukee rappers have built over the years, comes a new generation. I mean, just Google the phrase Milwaukee TikTok rap, and you'll find national articles taking heed of what's brewing here from our young people. Like the Milwaukee rappers that came before them, their art is partly influenced from outside of our city, but it's also influenced from just living and breathing the Milwaukee air that hip-hop has helped mold. One of these rappers is Jonah Dene. Now, you may have noticed that everyone that has been featured on this segment so far has been male, but don't take that to mean that men alone have built this culture. Of course, we know of female rappers throughout the years from outside of Milwaukee, your Queen Latifahs, your Missy Elliotts, your Nicki Minajs, 
but Milwaukee's women are also bursting onto the scene lately. Your Kaylee Crossfires, your Lakias, your Zed Kenzos. Jonah Denae is quickly becoming another name to add to that list. Still in high school, Denae is already booking shows, and let me tell you, as humble as she is offstage, she absolutely attacks the mic and is one of those performers that as she feeds the crowd, the crowd feeds her in just an endless cycle. Whatever it is, she's got it. And she credits her influences from artists like Tupac, Lauryn Hill, and Lil Wayne, but also just from living in a bunch of places throughout the city and from battle rapping on the school bus. Oh boy, I've had so many memories just growing up here and there's so much history just growing up here. I wanna say, ooh, on the south side, south side is, cause we, it was more so on the south and north side here is where I lived at from like my younger years until now. But like being on the south side of Milwaukee is where I've made most of my foundest in, uh, memories as a child. That's how, that's where I got into troubles and then that's where, you know, I grew from it and I began to find um, people around me, especially school, you know, that's a huge aspect I take from my environment here in the city is school, just going to public school here and, you know, just finding like-minded people who were like me, uh, people who weren't as much uh, like-minded as me, who were, but they still influenced me because they came from similar households, they came from similar struggles, they came from, you know, just having people around me that wants to pave way for themselves is everywhere here in the city, you know? Um, everywhere you go, you know? You, you don't know what you may come across yeah. here, it's always so sudden. And then another thing I'd like to add, I was doing battle rap. At my old school back up in eighth grade, I had met a friend of mine at the time, and we used to ride the same bus route together, right? And you know, we would just go head to head and I would win every time. I can say this with the most pride, I won every time and that definitely gave me the confidence like, whoa, you know, I had the whole bus lit. I had the whole bus just rocking and you know, as soon as I would get dropped out, they'd be like, oh, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I, I love, that's what hip hop is, you know, battle rap, um, uh, storytelling, um, there's freestyle and I definitely take heat up in battle rap as well as an influence too, so. And now, hip hop and aquaponics. First off, aquaponics is a farming technique that uses fish poop to fertilize crops and plant life. It's an ancient practice with indigenous Americans and Egyptians and everyone in between using the technique dating back thousands of years. But in our time, it's an increasingly popular way of moving closer to food sovereignty because it can be done indoors and year round. But what does it have to do with hip hop? Elijah Brown, artist named Book of Eli, is an 18-year-old breakdancer, beat engineer, and currently in the True School program, True Aquapioneers. The Aquapioneers learn about water science and agriculture by making their own water filtration systems, learning about how water is and is not cared for in our city, and devising their own education techniques to get other young people interested and involved in conservation efforts. Eli traces his own hip-hop influences to many artists, specifically name-dropping most Def and 50 Cent. But he also credits Milwaukee institutions like True School, Trickle B Cafe, and the Sherman Phoenix for shaping his perspective. So I asked him how these influences inform his work with aquaponics. When people hear like, okay, he does breakdancing, he does beat engineering, it's kind of clear like how hip hop influences one of those two, or like you can, you can kind of imagine it pretty well, but like aquaponics doesn't, and a hip hop doesn't necessarily like initially 
see like there's a connection there. Um, but I'm curious for you, like what is what is that connection? Like how do those two intersect? Yeah. Um, so a lot of people uh, sometimes start to understand is like our everyday life is hip hop. When you wake up, you eat some cereal, that's hip hop, you know? When you take care of the earth, that's hip hop. Hip hop is part of war peace. It's part of love, peace, and just like happiness and family. People will spare us to understand that, look, if I take care of the earth, if I take care of our water, if I take care of our source to help us make sure that we're good, make sure our plants good and everything goes, then what is that? That's hip hop. Everything is one world, one piece. It sounds like to me is like the values that you have learned and maintained for yourself through through hip hop are showing through in, in places like aquaponics. Is that is that fair to say? Am I hearing that right? Yeah, totally, totally, totally. I you know. Uh, this is what I say to myself: How are we gonna take care of us if we don't take care of our world? You know, like as you being uh, as me being aquaponics engineer, like um, as me like growing plants from legitimately fish waste and water you know which is a big thing and they'd be like well how is that hip-hop well i mean you think of this we have plants that die all the time because we have people throwing out their trash you know littering and just really toxic chemicals but yet we're changing that we're changing for the better good we're changing we're changing the bad into the good into community you know we're bringing life instead of death and that's all part of hip-hop is to bring life what Eli just said sums up the messages of all my interviews. Hip-hop isn't just music. It isn't just an industry. It isn't just beats. It isn't clothes. It isn't commercials. It's a way of life. The city of Milwaukee has proclaimed this week, August 21st to 27th, to be Hip-Hop Week. A week full of breakdancing, films, contests, discussions, performances, and more, all centered around hip-hop. But hearing Eli talk about how he lives hip-hop and everything he does, it's clearly more than just the music, the fashion, the movies, the performances, all of that. It's in the air we breathe. It's how you carry yourself every day. It's how you better your community. It's how you make life out of thin air. And this isn't just me saying this. Everyone I talked to spoke to this idea of living hip-hop, not just performing it. Hip-hop has just is, is been there for me. It's like a family member that just, that doesn't die, that's walked, that's seen me through through everything, bro, the good and the bad. It's, in the it's so honest, and you, and you do all these things without even knowing you're doing it. it it's, it's just instilled in us, like words probably do something every day that he don't even realize is hip hop, but it's hip hop. The question is like, when I was younger, I didn't know the difference. First person I heard that kind of clarified it for me was Karis One, when he said rap is something you do, hip hop is something you live. I was like, oh, okay, that's the difference. So that's the thing about it. It's you can do anything you want to do, right? Just because you want to be a rapper or be into sports or whatever, expand, broaden your mind and do more because you can. Once you get into hip hop. Everything that we roll and write in our music, we lift it. You know what I'm saying? Whether the grimy songs, the struggle songs, we really lift that. Breathing and eating it, <laughs> like it's something. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's definitely something that where words cannot describe. And hip hop is just life, really. It's, um, 
For Lake Effect and for Milwaukee's hip hop culture, I'm Sam Woods. And hurt don't it? I'm keeping cold, already knowing it ain't motion, blowing jobs. She called that hustle, it's really home. I'm on the bro, just let me go. They gotta know, make a scene, play a victim. The Oprah show, you leave it open. I came to close. The case is closed. I flip the motor right in the moment and keep my momentum like Vanny be throwing. Keep the composure, my foot in the gutter. I'll kick it without a giggity couch. That's quack. My